0: It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. I'm excited about this one. We're going to get to talk about everything that happened in the final day of training camp. And there was a lot. I mean, the the, the 49ers were going out there showing some of the units that they're going to be using on Friday when they play uh, the Green Bay Packers. And of course, the Green Bay Packers are going to be sitting some of their starters. We know the 49ers are going to be playing some of their starters, so it's going to be interesting I'm excited about it and we see ronnie montoya is already getting into the questions which i absolutely love uh because yeah we can we can get into that questions and what's up to everyone that's in chat gary traffic marvin uh jp how's it going everybody traffic uh always good to see you in here ronnie montoya marvin always good to see you guys as well and the questions are getting started right away and ronnie says is cornerback Ken crowley an upgrade over leon o'neill why was leon released So yesterday, Ronnie, uh, I was sitting right there in front as uh, Leon O'Neal started to grab his leg area. And he went to the sideline, he limped, uh, he laid down, and he was stretching his leg and hamstring area. Couldn't tell if it was a hamstring or something else. But it ended up being that he strained a groin. Now, a strained groin can be something that catches up with you over time, but it's something that would have kept him out for two to three weeks. So the 49ers decided that Leon O'Neal, uh, they needed to go ahead and move on from him. They need that. Uh, they need something going on there. Uh, Gary says no audio. Uh, can anyone hear me? Just let me know if you can hear me. Uh, because uh, yeah, w- when it came to Leon O'Neill, he's hurt, um, and the 49ers felt that they need to go a different direction. So the the move that they made, bringing in Crowley, actually caused a a bunch of things to happen. Number one today, uh, King Crowley was out there. He was wearing. Um it was interesting because he was wearing uh green shoe shoelaces. Uh so he looked funny. He hasn't even got a time to get to the 49er stuff. They pretty much just took um Leon O'Neal's jersey and took O'Neal off of it and put on Crowley. I mean that's basically what happened. And thank you everyone for checking in and letting me know yeah, the audio is okay. It's just Gary um so gary clean your ears no i'm just kidding uh gary reloaded i'm sure it'll work out for you and what's up everyone that just jumped into chat as well 49ers faithful uh demonic angel how's it going hope you're having a good one yeah i'm back with the updates ready to get it going uh and lou what's up uh so everyone's in chat and you know leon o'neill it could have been surprising to a lot of people he's been a 49ers uh faithful you know a favorite everyone's really liked him a lot um but once the injury happened then he was going to be you know, not on this team because actually Taylor Hawkins has been out playing him. You know, and those of you who watch the channel a lot know um, that I have been talking about the fact that I didn't believe Leon O'Neal was one of the top four safeties and I thought he was actually sixth and they released him. So Crowley came in, he's going to be a corner. You guys will probably see him in the preseason game against Green Bay. He's a veteran that's been around for a while. He's played in this league, uh, 6'1", 180 pounds. I looked okay today. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And what's up, Shane? Shane says, what's cracking? How's it going? Uh, so that's what we're getting from Leon O'Neal. So disappointing for a lot of people who wanted to see Leon O'Neal be able to practice uh, and then play in these games. And uh, Leon O'Neal not going to be a 49er. And they did put a, uh, an injury designation on him. He could revert back to the 49ers. But if he does, he will be on an IR and he won't be able to play the entire season. So uh, Dante Johnson was taking reps at safety today. Darquez Denard took uh, corner reps on the outside. He's been the nickel corner predominantly the entire training camp. And then Samuel Womack took the nickel corner reps today. Of course, there's a lot of juggling and a lot of moving parts. The 49ers are putting together units that they're going to institute and use against the Green Bay Packers. You're going to see a lot of mashups. You're not going to get a very good idea of who the number ones are, who the twos are, who the threes are. I mean, you'll you'll see it somewhat. But they're going to mix and match, you know, different players to get different looks and get get different guys work. Uh, there was a different, you know, line O line on the second team, third team, uh, multiple times. They moved guys around and played them in different positions. So it, it was a fun day though, and we saw some guys that really stepped up. So there was there was players all around that stepped up, and believe it or not, some of the quarterbacks had a good day, including uh Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy had probably the best day I've seen him have in training camp he was absolutely whipping the ball around you know and having big plays and there were some big plays to be had touchdowns being thrown down the field uh it's it was an exciting day and all the while the defense was still playing good even though they didn't have starting cornerbacks emmanuel mosley and charverius ward and they were out there with uh Kadar holman on one side ombre thomas on the other Uh, a lot of times jimmy ward wasn't out there either and dre greenlaw was wearing the blue uh, no contact jersey, so that meant he couldn't have contact as well. So there was a lot of things going on, and the 49ers had themselves a pretty good practice as Kyle Shanahan really got into the 11-on-11s with an extended time period on those 11-on-11s. So we got to see close to 30 minutes of 11-on-11 scrimmage, which was nice to watch, see multiple players you know, get to make plays for the team. It, it was fun. It was It was a lot of fun being out there for the last day. Shane says, so how did CBS look today with Eman and Ward? Um yeah, so we got we got no Eman, no Ward. Um so the this the cornerbacks looked pretty good. Uh overall they held up, but there were definitely plays to be made. Now, it was still difficult on Trey Lance because Trey Lance doesn't have that much time to get the ball. Even when the offensive line is playing well, that defensive line is so good that they're going to quicken your thought process up. Uh, the 49ers defense was definitely doing some things to try to confuse Trey, whether it was coverages, whether it was shell coverages, giving Trey certain looks and the, disguising coverages and then running something else. Like he thought today he had Brandon Ayuk on a slant, and he went to throw it there, and they were running down who Hufanga on a robber or a lurk, uh, and he was over the middle of the field is something that teams did to Jimmy Garoppolo a lot. And Talano Hufonga flew up and almost picked off the football. So there were opportunities for turnovers to be created by this defense. They were flying around from Talano Fonga uh, to Fred Warner. Now, as far as corners, there were moments where they locked everyone down. And then there were moments where they got beat uh, because still Brandon Ayuk was giving Aubrey Thomas everything he could handle. Uh, the very first play of 11 on 11s, the 49ers ran a play action, and Debo Samuel got behind three defenders. And if the ball wouldn't have been slightly overthrown, Debo Samuel would have had himself a 40, 45-yard play down the field. Um, so those things were definitely uh, fun to watch. And and Trey took some shots. Um, pretty much all the quarterbacks took some shots. But there seemed like there was extra deep passes today from Trey Lance down the field and giving guys the opportunity to go make a play. There wasn't that many plays down the field that actually connected most of the plays that they worked, that they worked really connected on were underneath or over the middle on middle crossers, the same places you saw Jimmy Garoppolo have a lot of success. The one difference, of course, Brad I think caught like a 16 or 17-yard comeback route, which Jimmy Garoppolo didn't really throw, but that's something that Trey can handle because he can absolutely whip it. Let's see. So Shane, uh, Shane was talking about the cornerbacks. Grimace says, you think Trey gets half a game Friday? No, I don't think it's going to be a half a game. I, I think... At most, it would be a quarter. I fo- I kind of expect it to be a little bit less than that. So I think that Trey Lance will go out there. He'll probably play a couple of series. I think they want him to play about 10 plays. That'll be kind of what they're looking at with Trey Lance here. And then they're going to play him a lot during the Minnesota practices, the joint practice sessions. That's when Kyle Shanahan's really going to get a look at his starting offense and defense against them. They'll scheme it up. They'll actually have very intense practices. And that's why most of the starters aren't going to play against Minnesota on Saturday. So a week from Saturday, don't expect to see many of the starters. Those guys will probably be resting. That's why Kyle Shanahan said they'll play in week one and they'll play in week three because they're going to take full advantage of those Minnesota joint practices, which are actually more beneficial than the preseason games. The one area where preseason games are good is for the guys that are in their first year in the NFL that have never played in front of, you know, 70,000 fans or, know, whatever will end up being out there at uh, Levi Stadium on Friday. Uh, Nick says, has there only been one wide back play during training camp? No, there's been several wide back plays. They went Devil Samuel in a variety of different uh, places, but they've been motioning him back into the, the backfield, running some read option. They've been using him. At, they ran a full read option. They ran a, a RPO off of him, faking it to him, and then throwing the ball. They also have ran some reverses to Debo Samuel. So they've gotten Debo Samuel active in the wideback role. It's definitely going to be more extensive than what we saw so far in training camp. I'm sure they're not going to fully get into all that um, because they just don't want people to see it. We don't want them to know what you're going to get out of Debo Samuel. But we've seen a variety of different wide receivers that have been used in those areas, whether that's fly sweeps or in the backfield. So, yeah, it, it's it, the wide back is going to be here to stay. I think Debo Samus is going to be used in that area. How many, though? How many times is he going to have carries out of the backfield? Um, I would say it's probably going to be two to three a game would be the most realistic. And I think there could even be games where he doesn't use it at all. But we'll see. I think Kyle's going to do whatever he has to do to win. Uh, 49ers Faithful Forever says, How many fights in these practice against the Vikings you think? It could be a lot. We'll see. I'm actually hoping there's no fights. I'm hoping they they just make it about business and everyone getting better. Um, so I think I would really enjoy that if they, if they work together because I want to see certain situations for these players. We know it's going to get heated a little bit, um, you know, but I want to see how some of these guys operate when they're out there and they're competing against another team. Finally, going against somebody else that isn't them. So I think they're tired of going against each other. They're tired of you know uh, banging heads with you guys are your teammates, but you know really good football players. I'm sure that Aaron uh, would Aaron banks would love to go against somebody not named Javon Kinlaw. Cause that's who he's been tasked with. I mean, those two have been going at it and they've been, I mean, they've been getting the best of each other. It really, they really have. There's moments banks wins. There's moments Kinlaw wins. So that's been an exciting matchup. And I'm sure that uh, both offensive tackles are just like, Hey, can we just let Nick Bosa go uh, wreak havoc on somebody else for a while? I, I think that he will. And, um, That's what's going to be fun is we're finally going to get to hear about how these guys are doing against another team. But we get to see it also against Green Bay. And there's a lot of young players that are going to be able to step it up and the veterans who are battling for roster spots. So I think Friday is going to be important for all those guys. And there's a lot of guys that still need to do something to make this team because, you know, positions like running back, wide receiver, offensive line. There are positions that still need to be determined so they're going to go out there and they're going to compete and if even if they're not making the 49ers roster they want to put forth good film to the rest of the league so that way they can end up landing somewhere because on august 30th you know a lot of these guys are going to be looking for jobs and you're hoping that you put enough really good film out there to land somewhere and get an opportunity to play in the nfl that's their dream and that's also financial security you know that they're looking for uh, 49ers fogey says how did the o-line look both individually and as a group so individually it it's it's hit or miss. You have certain guys, you know, that have good reps against, you know, against guys and the next one it might be bad. Um those situations are a little tough for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, the, the defensive line will knows that it's a pass. So they're coming after you in one-on-one situations. They know you're not getting any help. So you're completely on an island. So that makes it difficult. And they they also don't have to read anything else. So it really changes up how these defensive linemen are able to take advantage of offense. To me, on one-on-ones, it puts the offensive line in a little bit of a a bad situation or with a little bit of a handicap. So I think that I look at one-on-ones with kind of a grain of salt, but I've seen guys have good reps. You know, I've seen Aaron Banks be able to stop Javon Kinlaw. I've seen Nick Zakel be able to stop Kevin Givens. Uh, I've seen Jason Poe be able to stop, you know, different guys. They've all had their moments. 11 on 11s is what I take the most out of because this is when these guys are working together in tandem either in the pass game, in the run game. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it. So I think that this offensive line has looked pretty good in 11 on 11s. There were moments today where they gave the quarterbacks time to go ahead and make plays. Of course, there were times this defensive line was just too good. There's one in particular where Spence and Kenlaw absolutely, you know, win uh, on each side in the A-gaps and get to the the running back, which was Trey Sermon before he even got the football. Those things were absolutely fantastic and impressive. So you've had moments like that, but overall the offensive line has continued to get better every single week. Lou says, Ant, in your evaluation of the two centers so far, which one is the better blocker? Is quicker pulling and getting to the second level? Also, can either anchor better and pass protection who passes your eye test? I think the interesting thing between Brindle and Brunskill is there's really not that big of a difference between them. I think Brunskill is a little bit better in the blocking area. To me, he's been more consistent as a run blocker and also helping in pass. But I think Brendel is actually a little bit more athletic, a better puller, and a better snapper. That's something that he's done a lot better than Daniel Brunskill right now. So each of them have an area that they're a little bit better than the other. As far as anchoring, both of them struggle at times to anchor. Uh, you hope they don't end up in a lot of one-on-one situations. Both of them do the best that they can. So it's not there's not a big difference between the two in that area. That's why this is really too close to call. Um, but as these guys have continued to go through it, each of them have gotten better in the in the areas that they need to improve. Brendel has become a little bit better of a run blocker, and Daniel Brunskill's snaps have quickened. It was it was a few days ago that I saw Daniel Brunskill snapping, and I thought, oh my gosh, the snaps were slow. Spencer Burford was getting off the ball faster than the snaps from Daniel Brunskill are getting up there. That's never a good sign. But he got some reps in. uh, He got it fixed. And I think this is still going to be an absolute battle as we go through the preseason to see who starts. What I'm wondering is how many times these guys are going to actually win and also how many times they're going to call the right protections. Because I think now that you'll start going against teams that are going to be able to scheme against you, even though it'll be a vanilla scheme, sometimes there's going to be blitzes and things like that and can these guys, you know, take take control and call out where these blitzes are going to come from, move the protection slide the protection. Um, whoever takes better command of that, I think is going to have the best opportunity. But there are definitely strengths and weaknesses for both centers, and I don't think anyone has separated themselves from the other. 49ers Faithful Forever says we going to see a bunch from all the running backs besides Mitchell the first preseason the game. Yeah, I don't know how much we're going to see of Jeff Wilson Jr. either. Jeff Wilson Jr did not practice today along with Elijah Mitchell. Both of them have had fantastic training camps. Of course, Jeff Wilson Jr. had a moment where he was uh, hurt, so he didn't practice, and then they had to ease him back in. But yesterday, he probably had his best training camp that I or training camp practice I've seen him have. He ran violently. His cuts were fantastic, and his vision was really good. I thought Jeff Wilson Jr. did a lot for himself yesterday, and I think that right now Jeff Wilson Jr. is the running back two behind Elijah Mitchell. Um, but I do think we're going to get to see a lot of the other running backs. We got to see a lot at practice today. Trey Sermon was working with the ones. You had TDP and Jermichael Hasey working with the twos. And then uh, you had um, Jordan Mason working with the threes. And Jordan Mason, you know, he looks good. I wonder a little bit about the speed. The speed wasn't always there, but he made some really good cuts. He's a, He's a big physical running back. He runs hard, but, you know, there's still something that needs to be learned there. I'm seeing him grow. Uh, Jermichael Hasty had an absolutely explosive run today where he ran, he pressed the line of scrimmage, he jump cut to the left, Uh, he got a filthy jump cut again past the linebacker, and then he outran everyone for a a 65-yard touchdown. It was an absolutely fantastic run from Jermichael Hasty. and Hasty's shown a lot of explosiveness. Uh, It's going to be hard for somebody to beat out Jermichael Hasty. and we know that something's going to have to happen there because... Um, he's been a very consistent third down threat. He's been good in the passing game for the 40 yards at practice. So, what's going to give Trey Sermon had a good practice today? I don't know what the 40 yards are going to do at the running back position, but they're going to have to cut a really good football player and maybe two because Jordan Mason's a good player as well. Who ends up on the practice squad? I think we're going to find out. Um, but it's, it's going to be tough, and they're not going to know until we get to the end of preseason. So, when we get to August 30th, the running back room is going to be some tough cuts for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch. Arizona Airs uh Shane Arizona 49ers Empire says, What are your feelings on center? Who is looking better? Jake or Daniel? Uh the the battle fascinates me. It's it's really one of those ones that's really good. And I know I just talked about it a little bit, so I won't get too much into it. But yeah, that one's gonna continue to um you know be one that everyone's gonna have to watch. Interior offensive line is a spot to watch for sure. DJ says, I don't care if we play the Packers in my backyard in April, I expect us to smoke them. I love that. Yeah, we want the 49ers to win. I know I want the 49ers to win. I want this depth of this 49ers roster to show through how good Kyle Shannon and John Lynch have put a roster together. I'm really excited about this roster. Um, to me, it's a lot better than last year. I went to a training camp last year a few days. This time I went to a lot of training camp practice. In fact, all of them. I think the depth on this roster is very evident. I think they have a lot of good players. But we have some young guys that need to develop through the preseason. And it's nice that they're going to have that opportunity through practices, preseason games to get better because September 11th is a long ways away. Uh, So they still have a lot of opportunity to get better. The Angel says, Nick Zakel was the Nick the guy was referring to yesterday. Ha, yeah, it was. And I couldn't remember for whatever reason. And Nick Zakel should be heavily on my mind because he's one of the players that I really like. It was nice seeing him get second team reps today. Uh, Jason Poe was getting second team reps at left guard. Nick Zakel was getting uh, second team reps at right guard. Both of them had really good moments. Both of them opened holes. One play in particular, I saw Nick Sakel absolutely collapse a defender down and create a hole for Michael Hasty to run through. That ended up producing a first down. That was a really good play. So there are some good moments for all these young guys. 49 ers fogie says, uh, Jordan Mason may be a fullback? I don't think so. Um, I think they like Jordan Mason at running back. I just... I don't know if he's going to be able to beat out the five guys ahead of him. That's always been the worry because Trey Sermon's gotten better. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. looks more healthy and better, and we already know what he could do for this 49ers offense. Elijah Mitchell is definitely running back one, so it didn't leave a lot of opportunities. So you have Jamichael Hasty, who's your third down back, and you have TDP, who's your short yardage runner because they keep putting him in that situation every single time at practice. So where is it? Where exactly is it going to be that Jordan Mason makes this roster? I think that one's tough. I think it really is. That's tough. Uh, Lucas aunt listening to Kyle's praise of Burford at right guard. He makes it sure sound currently like he is the better option than the other than other than Daniel Brunskill. Conversely, he sounds like he would prefer Daniel Brunskill at center. I think they would like if Daniel Brunskill or Spencer or um, uh Jake Brendel would go in there and absolutely take over this role. And become the center. I think that they would like it to be Brunskill. Because Brunskill, they feel comfortable you know, with what he's done for this team over the years. Um, I think Burford getting in there and getting those reps. I think at first it was all about Daniel Brunskill didn't need reps. Let's get these extra reps for Burford. And just see what happens. See how he develops. Worst comes to worst, you end up throwing Daniel Brunskill back over there at guard. And Burford's just gotten a lot better because he got all the training camp reps. That could still be the case if they get into preseason and they feel Burford isn't ready to start. But Burford is definitely uh, playing beyond expectation. I mean, he's playing really well. And I think they're very excited about Burford. He's he's very athletic. Um, he knows his role. He looks confident. He looks the part. And when he's out there, he plays with a nastiness, which I really like. So I think Burford's a legitimate option at right guard. I will not count out Daniel Brunskill yet. We know Kyle Shanahan likes him, so we'll see. And what's up, David Campbell? Welcome to the chat. Always good to see you in here. Uh, C.J. says maybe practice squad. I think there's going to be a lot of guys that end up, you know, potentially making this practice squad. But there's only 16 practice squad reps. or practice uh, squad spots. Who are we not going to have? You know, I mean, a lot of people thought maybe Leon O'Neal would end up being on the practice squad. It doesn't appear that's the case since he was released today. So we're going to see. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll see who ends up on that practice squad. I think it's going to be interesting. I think the 49ers would like to hold on to a lot of these young players, but they're also trying to hold on to guys that are going to help them win. They're in one of those rare situations where it's win today and build for the future. Can you do both without sacrificing the other? That's what they have to kind of try to figure out. Traffic says preseason or postseason don't matter. Rodgers don't want no smoke from the Niners. Yeah, I'm sure he doesn't. I mean, that's one thing. He struggles to be the 49ers, especially in the postseason. And so I think that, uh, you know, anytime he has a chance to miss on playing the 49ers, he should. And uh now we're going to get to see what Jordan Love can do. And I've heard good things about him. I've heard that he's actually having himself a pretty good training camp. So let's see what happens. If he can test our defense, because I do want to see our defense tested. That way we can see how much better these guys have gotten, because we have a lot of young players that are going to show out that are on the verge of either making this roster or not. And, uh, they're going to need to prove it out there. And the way you know for them to prove it is hopefully Green Bay gets out there and just hucks it and chucks it unless these guys develop. Lou says, a lot of running backs are getting injured on some teams. I'm not sure any of our running backs will reach the practice squad. They might not. Uh, they really might not. And maybe the 49ers end up trading one of these guys. But I think Kyle Shannon really wants to hold on to him. I just don't think he can. I mean, they got six legitimate running backs. And I mean, Jordan Mason's huge. I like Jordan Mason a lot. I really do. Um, but if I'm going just on what I've saw so far, the other running backs have outplayed Jordan Mason right now. Uh in fact, uh the next, you know, worst running back as far as reps go is TDP. I mean, the guys ahead of him, I mean Trey Sermon has had more impressive reps than the other two guys behind him and Jordan Mason and TDP. And Jamichael Hasties looked fantastic. I mean, he's had some really great runs. Jeff uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. has looked fantastic. Uh, they're very decisive. They cut with violence. Their vision is there. Um, so I mean, and Elijah Mitchell is just in a world on his own. Elijah Mitchell is the best running back on the team, and it's not close. Um, I think the only way you could start challenging Elijah Mitchell is if you throw Debo Samuel into the running back room, and you know he's going to be a wide back, not a running back. So yeah, there's a lot of really good talent. It's a good problem to have, and we'll see what happens as these guys continue to develop. DJ says, I, I literally pray for the same playoff path to the Super Bowl as last year. Cowboys, Pack, Rams, and then KC or Baltimore revenge. I love it. I, anytime you can play the Cowboys in the Pack uh, in the playoffs, I'm all for it. It gives me big time uh, 90s vibes. And then you throw the Rams in there uh, just to get some a little bit of revenge. I love it. Um, but when it comes down to it, I want the 49ers to have whatever path they need to have to win a Super Bowl. Because I want a Super Bowl for the 49ers going to be tough it's not easy uh because this you know this this league is ridiculously good but um they can do it they can do it uh demonic angel says how do our linebackers look against the pass that's typically a weak spot with our backups uh not this time uh, our backups are tremendous against the pass. number one demetrius flanagan fouls is a former safety um uh, marcelino mccrary ball is a former safety uh oren burks runs uh, really fast Uh, These They have a lot of ability. Uh, Saguna Luby is a former safety. So they have a lot of coverage skills. What they've done is they've gotten guys that were former safeties and then developing them into linebackers. So you're going to see a couple of guys. I mean, Jeremiah Gemmel's not the best against the pass. Also, I've seen some weaknesses from Curtis Robinson since they've slid him outside and gave him some of those reps outside. But there's guys on that third team, McCrary Ball, Saguna Luby, that fly around and do pretty good in the passing game, especially McCurry ball, uh, even in one-on-ones, he's fantastic. So um, I'm definitely excited about it. Uh, David Campbell says, uh, super chat is not working for me. So I guess I'll buy some sweet cutback merch instead. Got to support my guys. Thank you so much, David Campbell. I really appreciate that. I don't know why super chat's not working Uh, way to go. Super chat it is failing us, um, but David coming through. I really appreciate that. David, a big supporter of, you know, the cutback and, um couldn't do it without great people like david and uh, uh thank you so much for everything you do and all the con com- comments that you make all the kind words uh really love it so thanks so much david uh david via says what up and faithfuls how's it going david via welcome to welcome to chat bolivar says rams acres is a fumble factory uh, i've been watching cam acres since he was at florida state i'm a florida state fan so uh yeah cam acres can put the ball on the ground at times but he, he's he's a legitimate threat. Um, they they got him and they got Henderson. They got a pretty good run running back room down there in Los Angeles. But we'll see what happens. I no Bloom can he figure it out at left guard. They lost some starters along that offensive line. So it's just like the 49ers. They have some guys that need to you know figure it out. Let's see if they can figure it out. And what's up, P Mur? Welcome to chat. Love to see you in chat. Yeah, yeah. There's some things that need to happen for sure. Uh, and what's up, Wayne Breezy? I just saw the the chat or the, the comment from Wayne Breezy. Wayne Breezy says, Let's give my bros the 3K, share this podcast, and subscribe. So thanks so much, Wayne Breezy, for coming through chat. Really appreciate it. Uh means a lot, you know. And, and, and Wayne's one of the good people in the 49ers community. So if you guys don't follow Wayne already, hop over there and follow Wayne. Uh, he does a really good show every week with John Chapman, the, uh, the John Wayne show, which I happen to listened to last night so if you guys haven't listened to that check it out there's some good the good stuff going on um all throughout 49ers land there's some really nice stuff going on so yeah check out all the 40 yards content um and tell them all that you know 40 yards cutback, send, send them your way um because it's really good okay so getting back on target with what was going on what's up coach ralph uh one of the one of the one of my guys right there um practices were so good um, and, you know, this this training camp was so much fun because I went out on the first day and you kind of get that that new feel of what's going on. You see players going into different areas. And what's up, John? I got to say what's up to my guy for San Francisco. Says, just checking in TCC. Just got done walking three miles of this new facility right up the street from my house. Uh, let's go Niners. All right, let's effing go Niners. Welcome. But yeah, there's so much that has changed from what I saw on Wednesday... All the way until I saw what I saw today. It's been fantastic. These guys have gotten so much better being out there every single day and getting to see these guys develop. I feel like I really have an idea of how much better this, uh, this offense has gotten, how much better this defense has gotten, but also how these coaches continue to develop. And thank you so much, Wayne breezy for saying you guys did it great with your coverage at camp. Keep up the great work. Really appreciate that Wayne. And that was the thing was it was all about going out there and seeing how they developed. It wasn't about, you know, how many completions did Trey Lance have or how many incompletions, you know, or, or interceptions or, you know, how, how many times did this guy get beat in one-on-ones? That's not what it was about. It was about every single day, those guys going in there and stacking reps and getting a little bit better. And that's what I saw. I saw young guys developing. I mean, I got to see Spencer Burford uh, when he was making some mistakes and it was like, he looked like a rookie until now. He looks like, I mean, he's still a rookie, but you can tell the growth. This guy now looks the part. He feels like he's a part of that starting offensive line. The development that Chris Forrester and these guys have put forth with this offensive line has been fantastic. And I think being able to see it from the infancy stage, you know, that first Wednesday, July 27th until now, I have a really good feeling about this team now they've got to continue to grow they've got to get better the reps you know you got to keep getting on these reps they're gonna have practices these preseason games uh they're very important but you got to keep you got to keep in mind that these guys are developing and getting better and the good news is september 11th is a long ways away when the 49ers play the chicago bears it's a long ways away until september to get these guys on the field. So there's going to be a lot more growth that comes from this team. And I think that's what is my biggest takeaway. Uh, I strip away all the other things, you know, all the, the, all the touchdown throws, all the incompletions, you know, all the fumbles, all the missed blocks. You strip all that away and you just look from top to bottom what they accomplished in these 12 practices, and you see a team that got so much better. And that is really, you know, something you can take into account and remember how good Kyle Shanahan did putting together a coaching staff that's able to develop these guys. So I had so much fun watching uh, these different players uh, not only develop but go out there and make plays. I mean, today you know uh, Tay Martin was out there making plays, and I was excited to see what he was doing out there. I love it. Uh, Ronnie Montoya says rumors Mac Jones is struggling. Could it be possible the Patriots make a trade for Jimmy G as a backup? Um, I don't know how much the Patriots would be involved. I don't think they have the money be able to go out and get a Jimmy Garoppolo Uh, Garoppolo's money is pretty extensive. So I I don't think Bill Belichick will move on from Mac Jones or even bring in Jimmy as a backup. And I don't think Jimmy would welcome a move to new England. If it was under the pretense that he's going to be a backup. If you went with the thought process, he was going to be the starting quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo would go back to go back to new England. Um, But I think Jimmy Garoppolo wants the opportunity to be able to start that's what it's about. Uh, and if, if he gets that opportunity, then it's good. Uh, what's up, E-Nice? How's it going? Um, I think that that's one thing to remember is with the Jimmy Garoppolo thing, and I don't want to get too much into Jimmy Garoppolo because he seems to kind of overtake every single thing, but um, he, he wants an opportunity to start. That's why he wants to leave San Francisco. That's why the Fortners want to move on from him because he wants an opportunity to start, and they're ready to move on with Trey Lance he's looking for an opportunity to be able to go start. Uh David Campbell says Lombardi said that Trey completed a pass today that he thought was the best one he had in camp. Uh, I don't know exactly what pass you're talking about. What it could have been, the one along the sideline to Brandon Ayuk. Uh that was an absolutely fantastic one where he threw in rhythm. I mean, his back foot hit, he released the ball and he got it to him on the sideline with an, it was high and outside with enough room for Brandon Ayuk to make the play. That was a great pass. I thought that there were moments during training camp where Trey Lance made absolute great throws. There's been several. I've seen him throw it over the top of defenders over the middle of the field, right into the arms of Debo Samuel. I've seen him do something similar with George Kittle. Well, I've seen him make really good throws and good decisions uh, with the football. I've also seen him make really bad decisions and bad throws with the football. Those are the growing pains and the ups and downs of training camp. That's the same things I saw last year from Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the same things I saw in the late 90s when I used to go to 49ers camp in Stockton and watch Steve Young. Really great magical plays and then some bad ones as well. Those are the same things that when I went to Rockland and saw Joe Montana, where I saw magical throws and bad throws as well. When I saw Jeff Garcia, magical throws and bad throws as well. Guess what? That's what happens with quarterbacks. You can't make everything look good. And sometimes... That defense is just pretty darn good, and they get after you. And that's what happens with this defense. This defense is ridiculous, and sometimes they win, and that's what's going to happen. You can't win every time on offense. Sometimes you just have to live to fight another day, and that's what Kyle Shanahan was talking about in the presser where he was upset with uh, Trey Lance and with Nate Sudfeld for throwing those interceptions. Live to fight another day. Throw the ball away. If you have to punt it, punt it. You know, don't have those really bad interceptions, those game-changing interceptions. And if you don't, you're gonna you're gonna have a better opportunity to win because you have a really good run game and a really good defense. E nice is I think Jimmy going to the Giants or Seattle after being cut, he could. I mean, I think those are two really legitimate landing spots. I think you could throw in Cleveland and Atlanta as possibilities as well, depending on what happens with Deshaun Watson and Cleveland, and then what's going on, you know, with Ritter uh, and and Mariota down there. We'll see, you know, and I, I, I wanna keep this in mind, don't know what's gonna happen with Matthew Stafford, but if Stafford has a setback and isn't able to play it or has to have Tommy John surgery on his elbow, if the 49ers were to release Jimmy Garoppolo, the Rams would absolutely pounce faster than anything you could possibly imagine for him to go in there and run uh, McVay's offense, because he could run McVay's offense and they could still have an opportunity to get into playoffs and do damage so I think that there's somebody to always keep in mind if something goes south with uh, Matthew Stafford. And right now I know they're optimistic, but just keep that in mind. Lou says I heard they could keep Garoppolo all the way till September 10th and still not be obligated to his contract. Is that correct? I don't know that for sure, uh, Lou. I, I honestly had never heard that about the September 10th date. I know that's when the first game. You know, the first game is on September 11th. Um, so that is probably the case It's probably not guaranteed till after the first game, but I can't tell you for sure without looking it up. So I'm not going to tell you one way or the other, um, but that could be correct. If it's before the first game, I don't know. I just think what happens if the 49ers keep him past August 30th, they have to cut another player off their roster and risk losing them. Are you willing to keep three quarterbacks of Jimmy Garoppolo on your roster to give yourself an extra, you know, week and a half, two weeks could potentially move him and you know run the risk of losing another player maybe a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman you didn't want to lose that's what's going to be hard for them to figure out as they approach August 30th so if the money doesn't kick in until the first game yeah they could possibly hold them on hold him until then but that just makes me nervous about losing a you know a potential roster player cuz now you're keeping three quarterbacks and we know that's not what they really want to do so hopefully they figure this thing out and at some point they're going to but we've seen some really nice things in camp so far i've been excited about it and one of those things i've been excited about is the development of some of these young players including samuel womack who took first team reps today some of that could be um you know some of that could be with the fact that you have traverius ward and emmanuel mosley out right now both of them nursing hamstring issues uh, but they're both expected to be back you know when it comes time for the game so uh, hopefully we'll get both of those corners back. But right now, Dark Quest and Art moved outside. He's playing with the second team, Samuel Womack and Quantrez Knight were running as uh, nickel corners one and two. So I'm excited about watching Womack too and seeing how he does against another team. He's so far, he's had a, a really good camp and um, I think he's going to continue to develop. Uh, Ronnie Montoya says, Ant, would you say with the athletic O-line, the team has now, has a better fit to run game more than the past game um, I think that they always have had a better fit towards the run. Kyle Shanahan prefers offensive linemen that are run-first guys. Mike McGlinchey's one of those. Um, Daniel Brunskill is one of those. You know, I mean, these guys, Aaron Banks. Um, these guys often are run-first guys, and I think the run game looks really good. And the 40 ers have been absolutely deadly on the edge when they run a toss or an outside zone. They've been nasty. And what's been nice about it is these running backs are locating when it's time to get vertical. They're putting their foot in the ground, and they're getting vertical real quick. They're getting upfield. Uh, and when it presents itself, they're cutting back as well. So getting upfield, cutting back, and you know finding more yards. And I think the, the elusiveness in the second level has been on notice this year. These running backs are not just straight-ahead runners, but guys who can make people miss in the open field too. Jamichael Hasty absolutely turned Ombre Thomas around today. That's something that he did, he looked fast as he broke you know, all the way to the end zone. And Trey Sermon had one, two where he almost broke and he was showing some wheels as well. So I'm, I'm really excited about the running back room uh, and I'm excited about it because I think this offensive line is going to be able to create, you know, some nice run lanes. I think Spencer Burford is better in pass, you know, maybe than we've had in, in the past as far as uh, linemen, um, but he's definitely a physical aggressive run blocker. And that's what Kyle Shanahan uh, prefers. Golden Dragon says, I think Tariq Fields makes the roster if the Four ers want to keep their best. Uh, T- Tariq Castro Fields is the one of the last cornerbacks on the roster right now. I mean, he's one of the guys at the bottom. I mean, when they have guys that are injured, he's not one of those top guys. Right now, he's behind Kadar uh, Holman. I think that Tariq Castro Fields is a prospect that could end up on the practice squad if he's able to um, make it there and some other team doesn't claim him. Uh, Tariq Castro-Fields has got a lot of things to like, you know, he's, he's big and physical and fast, but right now, I mean, these other guys are just outplaying him at some point, maybe he'll step it up or it'll, it'll click for him and he'll be able to get it done. But, um, right now I don't think Tariq Castro-Fields fits into the 49ers plans for 2022. It could be in 2023. Um, uh, but right now that's not the case. Uh, Golden Dragon says, uh, I think Brock Purdy makes the roster if the 49ers want to keep their best. Nate Sudfeld is a statue, and uh, E. Nice says Purdy practice uh, practice squad. So we have a little bit of a, a disagreement and thought process between the two of them. Uh, Nate Sudfeld can move around a little bit. I mean, he he's he's more stationary in the pocket, but I mean, he's had some excellent throws. He's a he's a competent NFL backup. I mean, he really is. He can manage this offense. He could get the 49ers through a couple games if Trey went down for a little bit. You know, he could get you through those games. So, I, I'm very comfortable with Nate Sudfeld as the backup quarterback. Yet, I was very excited about what Brock Purdy did today. Brock Purdy did absolutely fantastic today. He was probably his best day at training camp. He was locating open receivers, getting them the football, whether that was down the field or short. Uh, he was kept throwing with anticipation and getting these guys coming out of their breaks. To me, Brock Purdy's best day was today. And that's good news. We'll see how he does in training, or I mean, in the preseason against these other teams, because I'm pretty sure it's going to be him. You know, and Nate Sudfeld to get all the work. Golden Dragon's head coach Shannon uses Nate Sudfeld as a as blackmail. to Trey Lance, both of them are is gone for sure. Uh, oh, Golden Dragon, I I love your uh, I love your comments. They're fantastic. Um, Ronnie Montoya says, "Are we going to see a Trent Williams touchdown this year? I hope so. Yeah, you know, maybe we will get a Trent Williams touchdown. Um, last year we saw you know them potentially try to throw it to him. We saw him going in motion and blocked." You know, could we get it at a time where they give him the ball? Maybe I think that they shouldn't do that. I, I, I want to see it, but at the same time, I don't want to see him get hurt. So I want to limit the amount of times that Trent Williams actually takes contact and gets hit. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's always a possibility because uh, I mean, Kyle Shanahan loves Trent Williams and he loves to use him in a variety of different ways. Uh, So may, maybe we'll see Trent in one of those situations. That w- That would be fun. Just Don't get hurt, Trent. Don't do it. We, we can't have our best left tackle get hurt for any reason. Bolin Dragon says Tariq Castro Fields is locked down nickel cornerback. I'm confused at the scouting department. Um, he hasn't even been playing uh nickel at all. He's been playing outside the entire uh training camp. That's all he's been doing is playing outside. He's been, you know, the on the third team. So I that's that's kind of what we're getting from Tariq Castro Fields right now. It's not that he's not working. He's one of the first ones out there every single day. Uh, he's, he's grinding. He's working hard. But, I mean, it's a tough room, you know, a really tough room to make when you have all those other guys. Howard Blake's info on Taylor Hawkins. Big fan of Taylor Hawkins. He continues to impress at camp. I don't know if he's going to be able to make this roster for the mere fact the four guys ahead of him are really good. And they have Dante Johnson that's kind of been playing safety, especially now with the injury to Leon O'Neill. Uh, Hawkins has been playing on the third team, but he's definitely impressed. He's had some moments um, where he's made some really big plays, including an interception. He's had a couple pass breakups as well, but he doesn't make mistakes. He's pretty solid. So I'm a big fan of Taylor Hawkins. I think he's one of those guys that I think it ends up on the practice squad and maybe the 49ers uh, develop him into something in the future because he does have a skill set that I think they really like. And they're going to have some open roster spots at that safety position next year because Tarveris Moore is going to be gone. Uh, Jimmy Ward, I'm sorry, Tarveris Moore is going to be gone potentially. He's a free agent. Jimmy Ward could leave as well. He's a free agent. Dante Johnson's on a one-year deal. So there's a lot of things that are going to need to be settled at that safety position. So maybe Taylor Hawkins has a home there in the future. I I think that they do like him, and I've seen him out there getting some really good reps we'll see if that development continues to uh, happen all throughout the, the preseason. Maybe he'll go out there and flash and give us an opportunity to see what his potential is. Golden Dragon says, the coaching staff is incompetent. Greg Castrofield's comp is Champ Bailey, one tier better than Deion Sanders. I, I don't know where you got that comp. I, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very interested, Golden Dragon. Can you tell me where you got that comp? I would be very excited. Um you know, to go ahead and read that about his comp being to Champ Bailey. that That's that's impressive because Champ Bailey is one of the best ones to do it. Uh, and Enice is saying, wow, Dragon. Um, I mean, that that's that's impressive. If he really is at that level, that that would be awesome. I haven't seen it so far. I haven't seen uh, Tariq Castro Fields look like Champ Bailey. If he was Champ Bailey, I'm pretty sure he would be up there uh, taking over for uh, Emmanuel Mosley. So far, we haven't seen that yet. Maybe he could develop into one of those players down the road. But it's gonna be uh it's gonna be some time before I think we see, you know, Tariq Castro Fields get at that level. Right now, I do think uh, Castro Fields would get some attention from other teams, uh, especially the Seattle Seahawks. I think he could play in the nickel there, or even you know, one of their depth at corner because he fits the mold of what they want to do with their cover three corners. And they've been consistently adding players right now, and they got a lot of young players, so. Um, maybe that's the case. We'll see. Um, and I want to take a a quick second to, to tell everyone, thank you so much for coming through chat. It's, it's been really good, but I wanted to say if you haven't subscribed to the channel already, uh, take an opportunity to subscribe. That would be great. If you haven't liked the video, go ahead and give it a like. It really helps, you know, push the content out to others as well. So I'm very thankful for everyone that comes through and everyone that's helped out. And if you're subscribed, thank you so much. If you're a member, that's awesome. I really appreciate it so much. And if you're a patron, uh, you are doing so much to help, you know, between that and channel members, you guys do so much to help this program. I can't thank you enough. Uh, but I wanted to go through and just, you know, remind everyone, if you haven't subscribed already to do that, we're on our push for 3k, uh, but thank you everyone. And, uh, for Darius Fogies, Gary says, Oh, go Aztecs Yeah, getting the Taylor Hawkins reference. Of course, there's a few Aztecs on this team, including Saguna Luby as one, uh, Adkins, the defensive tackles, another one. So. Yeah, three Aztecs. In fact, I believe there's other Aztecs as well all along this roster. The foreigners definitely have a lot of uh, San Diego State players on their team. It's kind of one of the more exciting things. And Gary says it right here, quest for 3,000 subs. Thank you so much, Gary, for that. So we have an interesting time right now because we're going to get into preseason games. They're going to go through walkthroughs, uh, and then we're going to get preseason game. And then they're going to have the, those practices next week with Minnesota. So I think we're going to have those with Minnesota. Those are going to be fun. We're going to get a lot of information about this team from those. And then we're probably not going to get any of those teams or any of those players that we see in this first game against Green Bay, the starters, playing in the second game. So that second game is going to be interesting against Minnesota. I don't know what we're going to see out of it. Maybe we'll get to see a lot of the young players and a lot of players that 49er fans really enjoy, like Jordan Mason, get extended reps. And then that Thursday, we turn around and play the Texans so it's a quick turnaround. We're going to get to see 349er fans or 349 games really quick. So yeah, it's going to be a good one. Traffic says 5 can before the end of the season no cap. Thank you so much Traffic. I would love that. That would be great. Um and I think we could do it because of all the great people that come through chat and and help us out and have great comments. I think that would be something that's doable. So the other thing I wanted to mention because there's been a lot of conversation about the 49ers wide receiver position. And it seems like we're going to get to see a lot of these uh, guys that are maybe like, you know, for our second, third to fourth string guys that are going to be able to go out there and rotate. Today, Kyle Shannon rotated those guys through with the first team, with the second team, with the third team. So you saw guys like Tay Martin uh, be able to play with Trey Lance. And you saw guys like Jawan Jennings playing with Trey Lance and with Nate Sudfeld and with Brock Purdy. Uh, Ray Ray McLeod had a really good catch from Brock Purdy. But we've seen some of these wide receivers start to kind of elevate their game. And I think one of them that needs to, you know, uh, really be recognized for what he's done so far is Malik Turner, has he done enough to be able to make this roster though? Not sure, because you have a problem with, are they going to keep five wide receivers or six, you know, and it's, they keep six wide receivers and they keep Malik Turner. You're cutting a player from another area. So I think they're going to have to figure this thing out. They're going to have to determine, you know, is it enough? Has he done enough? And, We'll see. I mean, it was just last year that Trent Shurfield was one of those guys that came out of nowhere, ended up making the roster, uh, you know, and was a part of the team all year and was a big part of special teams. Malik Turner's logged over 500 snaps on special teams in the last three years, so we know he's somebody that can help you in that area. But it was a question, was he going to be able to help you on the the team on game day, you know, from a position uh, player perspective? And so far, he has... So I think that maybe he's in the hunt now. I just, I I don't, I still can't come to grips with adding a six wide receiver. Uh, So, uh, and and Enice says, I like Turner. Yeah, I think there's a lot to like about him. He had another really big catch today from Nate Sudfeld. Sudfeld actually underthrew him uh, and he had a a really nice catch. So there's been opportunities for him and he's taking advantage of those. And maybe he's going to be able to, you know, get himself on this roster. I think it would, it would be exciting. So, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm at almost 50 minutes. I would say, if you have any questions, go ahead and populate chat. I'll answer a few questions before I get out of here. But I wanted to tell you also that tomorrow, don't forget that tomorrow is the live stream, live Q&A. So if you have questions, come through. It's going to be a good one. We can talk all about the 49ers game against Green Bay. I'm sure we'll have even more information about how Kyle Shanahan plans you know, to use his players Um, But if not, let's just talk about Green Bay. Talk about what we want to see from that game. I think it'll be really fun. So everyone, make sure you come back and join tomorrow for that Q&A live stream. I'm really looking forward to that. And then, of course, Friday, we're going to have the game and we're going to have a live reaction show after the game. So Friday after the game, if you want to talk about that game, hop back onto this channel. We're going to be doing a live stream. We're going to do a live reaction show. And I'm going to be looking forward to talking to all of you about 49ers football because it will officially be back. We'll have real football to talk about. I can't wait. Howard Blake says, do you see Stafford or Murray or maybe even Russell Wilson scoring over 300 passing yards on the season? Um, uh, You mean on the 49ers, uh, Howard? I think I'm going to, I'm going to say on the 49ers, uh, you know what? I don't know if they're going to be able to get to 300 um, because I mean, this defense is really good. It's going to come down to the pressure. Um, so, Lou, the, the game starts at 530, so I expect the game to be done around 830. So I'll as soon as the game is over, I'll be on live for the live reaction. So you guys can come along. Um, and then, so, Howard, I don't – I mean, it's going to be really tough for quarterbacks to throw for over 300 yards against this defense because I believe the pass rush number one is going to create a lot of issues for these quarterbacks, quicken it up a little bit. And then I think as long as Tarvarius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley are healthy, this secondary is going to be really good. It's going to be tough sledding for a lot of these offenses this year. Uh, it was already tough sledding last year, and that was before they added Tarvarius Ward. Yeah, so I, I think it's going to be really, really exciting to see what these guys do. And Traffic says, do you guys have any plans on doing live watch-alongs during the season? I haven't planned anything yet, traffic, but I'll definitely sit down. I've been working on the schedule right now. So I will take that into consideration and see if we can do a live watch along and just you know and, and see how that goes. And if so, I'll let you know so you guys can jump on and uh get involved with that. WTM says if Trey Lance is good as Kyler Murray, how great would we be offensively? Um, probably pretty good. I mean, Kyler Murray's been a, a really good football player. Um, you know, I mean, of course, his teams haven't done well down the stretch but he's made explosive plays. So I, I think Trey Lance has a little bit of a different skill set than Kyler Murray because of his size. Um, there's going to be more design runs for him. And some of them that go up the middle or Kyler's more a scramble guy to the outside, but he's extremely elusive and dangerous. Um, those are areas that Trey Lance and Kyler Murray are similar. The elusiveness, being able to extend plays and get the ball down the field. And those are areas where I think Trey can still uh, do really well. Golden Dragons says Trey Lance is going to destroy the NFL starting week two. He works for free, guys. Uh, he he's gonna do really really good, um so I'm excited. And Lou says Thursday, uh so let's let's plan on doing that live stream at five o'clock. Uh, we'll get into that live stream at five o'clock, the normal time that we've been doing lives on Thursdays, and uh I think that'll be a really good time. I'm excited for it. Golden Dragon says Expect the air raid offense starting week two. I still think they're gonna run the football, and from what I've seen in practice, they're running it at a pretty high level. Golden Dragon, I mean, they really are. Could I see Trey Lance throwing it a little bit more uh, here and there? Sure, depending on what the defense is doing. we start seeing defenses try to load the box to stop this run game, Kyle Shanahan's going to open it up. You know, he's not going to be afraid to let Trey Lance throw the football. He, he's just not. Um, they have a lot of confidence in this kid to be able to go out there, and make the right reads, and get rid of the football. And he's showing a lot of chemistry with a lot of different players because I'm seeing him, you know, spray the ball around and spread it around. It's looked pretty nice from Trey Lance, you know. I mean, does he have his ups and downs? Yeah, you're going to see those when he gets in the preseason games and when he gets in the regular season. There's going to be ups and downs, so we'll see. Lance had a 50 plus run today. I heard um, it was it was yesterday uh, in ice. He had a, a a 65 yard touchdown run. It was on a read option. Uh, he made the right read. He got around the outside and he just outran everyone. It was fantastic to watch. Know who Hufonga possibly had a chance at him, but we will never know because they're not making those hits. But yeah, Trey uh, Lance was moving. He made the right read. He got some really good blocking. It's exciting. WGM says, has McGlinchey and Trent been healthy all year together at the same time? Um, they haven't been to healthy together at the same time, but if they are, I think this, this offensive line will be completely gelled because Burford and Banks always look better when they have Trent Williams and Mike McGlinchey next to him. And the run game is so much better with those guys as the bookend tackles. So hopefully those two guys can stay healthy this year. And if they can look for this offensive line to, to continue to gel at what point do they get, you know, fully comfortable and become the best possible. I think they're just going to improve all throughout the year. So hopefully they're coming into their own and playing at a, the highest level when we get into the playoffs, I think that'd be really good. Uh, No problem, Lou. I really appreciate everything you do for the channel. Uh, Golden Dragon says Elijah Mitchell will be the cowbell. Uh, I think he's going to be uh, a bell cow back for sure. I do. I, th- I think he's going to get a lot of carries, and I think they're going to sprinkle in these other guys, depending on what the situation is. Right now, TDP is a short yards guy. Uh, Trey Sermon has been making you know good runs. Uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. as well. And Jamichael Hasty still appears to be the third down back. How they're going to be able to keep all these guys, no idea. But we're going to figure it out because they're going to keep four guys and Kyle Juszczyk um we'll see i mean could they end up keeping an extra running back so that way they can you know and not an extra lineman maybe uh that would be interesting though so that would that'd be really interesting uh golden dragons tdp has an anti-boom contract trey sermon is on the witness protection <laughs> oh uh, golden dragon's always coming through and uh right now we're i'm playing defense real quick as i just got hit um just like that they're gonna be out of here uh not gonna not gonna deal with this at all gonna take care of these uh real quick so thanks everyone for giving me one second to handle it and then uh, i'll be right back with you um there we go all right anyways um i am gonna be ending this chat pretty soon so uh thanks for everyone that keeps throwing in uh questions Wtm says who is starting d line uh, d lineman wide receiver who is the starting D line in week 1? Starting D line in week 1 is real easy. You're going to have Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, uh, Javon Kimlon, Samson Edvicom. That is that that's what's going to happen. That's going to be your starting defensive line. Then they're going to have a rotation off that. We know right now Kevin Givens is getting first team reps because um you know Eric Armstead's out, but uh, Eric Armstead was being um you know was practicing yesterday on the side field getting in some light work. Uh, So I was excited about, you know, what Armstead was doing. Hassan Ridgeway as well, getting some work. He's going to be close to coming back. I don't think we're going to see much of those two guys in the preseason. I think they're going to gear them up for Chicago Bears. But overall, this team looks pretty good, and I've been excited about him. So I think this D-line is just going to get stronger and stronger. And they've had all this work for these backup guys. How this this defensive line ends up being built? Is it going to be six edge rushers and five interior defensive linemen? Is there going to be seven edge rushers and four interior interior defensive linemen? It's going to be interesting, guys. And we're going to be able to find that all through the preseason. I'm excited about everything. I'm excited to talk to all of you tomorrow. Thank you, E-Nice and and Traffic for the nice things. Uh, I'm having a great time, and all you guys make it a lot easier. And I'm looking forward to tomorrow. It's going to be a fun one, so make sure you bring your questions. Let's have a really, really nice uh, conversation tomorrow in our Q&A. And thank you so much, Shane, as well, for all the nice things that you are saying. I appreciate all of you guys, and uh hope you guys have a really good night. And uh, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers way.